Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Happy New Year's Day to you. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. You know, John, it drives people crazy when they hear people say Happy New Year's, but then you pause and say day. I, I just like feeding them sometimes the the anger. I can't stand. It's New Year. Happy New Year. Not Happy New Year's. You ever see that uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode when Larry David, after like January 3rd, he's like, okay, we can't say this anymore. It's been a yeah. few days. We can't do it. Yeah, my wife says that I am Larry David. That she, she like when she watches, she's like, why would I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm when I'm literally married to Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, my wife's in a similar boat. But we still watch the show. So Yeah, well, at least your wife understands. My wife just does not like object silliness. Like, I had to sneakily, so I pulled up my laser display. Like, I... Pull out old laser. I like to. I'm an audio and video file, right? So I pull out a laser disc player and I have a copy of Austin Powers, the first one, on laser disc and showed it to my 12 year old and she was just rolling. My wife was like, "Oh gosh, so much for my kid having a chance." You know. <laughs> so for the next day, oh, Doctor Evil, Doctor Evil, Doctor Evil. So shout out to all of our wives and significant others who put up with our corniness sometimes, and and and, and just the absolute ribaldness of it up uh, look the the good for the red sox and good for craig breslow right because people were really getting loud and frustrated in terms of what is this team doing and i think sometimes before you make the big move john you have to clear out what seems to be the big problems and if you would say give me one two three last year at the end of last year what are the three issues that are lying with this red sox team i would say one Bloom, right then I would say two, Chris Sale, because you don't know if you got him. And then I would say maybe three, if Alex Verdugo still hanging around after what went down with him and Alex Cora. I don't know if that's a good thing. Guess what? One, two, and three are gone. Right. And, and I think now you look at Craig Breslow coming in, it still feels like there's financial constraints there that were there under Bloom, but it also feels like, Craig Breslow is going to be able to use those financial constraints a little bit more creatively 
than maybe Heim Bloom did. Like we saw Bloom build a team that got to game six of the ALCS, but then they never built on it. And I feel like Craig Breslow can take the team that's in last place, hopefully get them out of last place, but then continue to build on it. Like the Lucas Giolito signing, I think is yeah. a, you know, a move that a lot of people look at as ERA with the Angels and with the Guardians. Like, oh, this Didn't guy's... I say that last week that Giolito was probably one yeah, of the guys and, they're targeting? And I'll tell you, Giolito's a guy I wanted at the trade deadline when he originally got traded to the Angels. And I know you can look at his numbers from the Guardians and from the Angels and be like, oh, this guy sucks. But if you look at you know his previous couple of years with the White Sox full seasons, he was pretty good. I mean, I think he got Cy Young votes in 2019, 2020, and 2021. So this guy is a solid pitcher. The key, though, KJ, is you don't want Lucas Giolito to be your ace. Maybe your number two guy, ideally probably your third guy, but you don't want him to be your ace. So they still have some work to do, and I wonder if the first step of getting that ace was getting Chris Sale down to Atlanta. Well, I think it's a good trade for Sale when you think about how the NFL I think it's a good trade for all sides, by the way. Well, yes, because I think the, the acquisition of Vaughn Grissom now brings into question where is Marcelo Mayer in the, th- in the in the string of things. We'll get to that shortly. But I think Chris Sale going to Atlanta now says, okay, if you're the Braves, you need another left-hand arm to go after Otani, to go after uh, uh, Freeman as well. So you look at the Dodgers and you say, okay, Max Muncie is a power threat from the left side. So... Chris Sale may be that guy where you're not like, hey, we need we need this guy to be a horse, but we need this guy to be on the backside of our rotation and get us some good quality starts and potentially in the playoffs become kind of the gun for hire the way that David Price was in his last year year, where it's like, okay, hey, things didn't work out with this guy. You know, the place is nowhere. He's been super dominant, but he can go and recapture himself and not have to be the guy down there. Where here, if he was still here, it's like, okay, all things considered, the way things stood with the Red Sox five days ago, Chris Sale was still the guy, and that was going to be an issue moving yeah. forward, trying to figure out where this team was going. I think you make the move for uh, for Giolito now, because now whoever you want to go get as the one, you've already shown that Giolito is going to be no less than the two. Yeah. So I'm with you. I don't think Giolito is your, is your top-line starter guy. I think now this is where the conversation about Corbin Burns becomes very real. Look, Vaughn Grissom can play short, second, and third. And just listen to his progress over the years versus what you got going on with Mayer. Okay, so Mayer's 20, so keep that in the back of your mind. Grissom is now 22. Grissom was six years younger than the average rostered player in the major leagues last year. And by the time he was 21, he was coming from A-plus ball to the majors, right? So he finishes his final stint in A-plus ball in the majors where he's about a year and a half, and then he becomes one of the younger guys even when he's doing triple-A at Gwinnett there for their team for the Braves. Marcelo Mayer is going back in a circle. He's now back finishing up at at, at A-plus ball back in Greenville after things weren't so cute in Portland. So this is where I think that, you know, where people like, oh, Mayers could be a he could be a he could be a a, a franchise changing guy and so forth. But you just got a guy who's several who's several years younger than an average major league player who's getting about 150 at bats. He'll probably get maybe about 275 this year. 
you almost want to say that maybe Marcelo Mayer is going to be that bait if you go after Corbin, after Corbin Burns. And you wonder, and there was some reports out there after this trade that Vaughn Grissom was a guy the Red Sox looked at as potentially their everyday second baseman yep. going in. And that's another big need, right? So we've talked a lot about starting pitching. Their up-the-middle defense last year was a major problem, and it cost them games. And look, Trevor Story stabilized it once he came back but still you need somebody at second base there so uh, I think he could be your second baseman but also Grissom's a guy too like when you talk about a potential Corbin Burns deal or even if you want to throw Dylan Cease in, in there you could flip Grissom for one of those guys too like it could be a mayor it could be a Nick York it could be someone else but you could also flip Grissom for a guy like that or if you're really projecting it out in a couple of years from now, two, three years from now, maybe you look at your infield and say, you know, Marcelo Meyer's playing shortstop, Grissom's playing second base, and you feel good about that as the future of your infield. So I think it gives you some flexibility, not just with future money, obviously with sales deferred money coming off your, your books in the, in the coming years, but it also gives you flexibility on who you trade and who you use in that infield over the course of the long term. Well, I think you keep Grissom, and I think the reason why Mayer stays on the team. I lean towards that, too. Because here's why I think Mayer is expendable. Because if you look at the Trevor Story deal, if Trevor Story doesn't work, you're going to have to replace him with another big bat. And you don't know if you're getting that from Mayer. You may get the defense, but you're going to need another bat because that's what you brought Trevor Story in for. right? So you can't say, okay, well, Story didn't work out, so we've got another great defensive replacement, but you're not replacing a bat with that money that you've got to replace for Trevor Story if that's what you're looking at down the line. So with Grissom being able to be your everyday second baseman, then that says that Trevor Story is designed to be your everyday shortstop until it either works or it doesn't work. And this is where you have to probably take the chance and make the bet and say, if it doesn't work with Trevor Story, then there's a large money, a pot of money that we can use to go get another big-time shortstop, deal Mayer, and would already have a starting one pitcher in there. Because I think Mayer... There would be more patience for him at uh, with the with the Milwaukee franchise in terms of how fast he gets up, right? Like if he gets sure. traded to Milwaukee, he probably doesn't linger at a plus ball. They probably move him to to high double A, see what he can do there, and give him that restart there with the mandate of him getting to triple A by next season to have him probably on opening day roster, probably probably a, a, a September call up or an extended call-up inside of either this year or 25. Maybe a test call-up in 24 and a full call-up in 25. Yeah, and I think you know what you're going to do with Story is interesting, too, because he has an opt-out after 2025, but given all his health issues, I'd be surprised if he opted out, which means you're going to have that guy through 2027. Now, if he gives you defensively what he gave you towards the end of last year and what his bat has been healthy, I think you would be okay with him as your shortstop for the next three years or right. so. But then you still have Grissom, you still have Meyer, and you Story's, Story's health, I think, throws such a wrench in this. Because if he was a guy that you looked at like, yeah, we're going to get 150 games out of this guy every year, then you could say, okay, maybe we're willing to trade one of these younger infield prospects. But because his health is such a major question mark, I wonder if they hang on, hang on to Grissom and Meyer. A is a second base option, but B is insurance. Because if Story keeps getting hurt, Meyer might find himself up here even faster than we expect, and then they use one of those other prospects because let's also not forget they have a glut of outfielders and outfield prospects they could use in a deal for a guy like Burns or Cease as well. So that's one of the things, too, I like about this Grissom deal for the Sox is it gives them that flexibility. Do we want to trade 
one of our young infielders? Do we want to hang on to them as story insurance and trade one of our outfielders for pitching? They have some options now where, you know, this time last week they had options, but I think they have more options now. And I think Chris Sale himself, he's in a much better place in Atlanta because even if he's fully healthy and pitches to his full potential, he's still the third best pitcher on that staff. So, KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier, 617-779-7937, text line 37937, still to come. The Celtics back on a roll after a near scare with Detroit a couple of days ago. Plus, we still have more coming for you. The Lions Den as well. That's this hour. But right now, it's time to trend with John. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back to KJ and Lions on WEDI. What do you like about seeing like that? Sometimes, you know, there's times in the past maybe you don't care about it so quickly. This team seems to be doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's the idea. Is not to expect it to be perfect, but expect to like recognize it quicker, get to it quicker. Um, you know, just take accountability. There's a couple of times where each guy was like, "No, that was my fault." So like, as long as we're taking accountability for what we're doing, they have an awareness to, to that. Uh, I think we can get out of it quicker. So I, you know, credit to them. I thought, like you said, the middle of the second quarter and that third quarter was like who we are and who we have to fight to be, regardless of what's going on. Accountability. Happy New Year. From WEEI, it's KJ and Lions in progression, 4-8-617-779-7937, text line 37937. John and I are just looking at this meme that's absolutely hilarious about this whole saying of New Year, New Me, where people seem to shed their whole body of skin at midnight, becoming the new them. And, and I say that, John, because one, it's a funny meme, but two, doesn't it seem like this, this Celtics team is shedding an old skin? from especially last year where okay they kind of trying to discover themselves in the November December situation and then try and get it together come January where now this is a team that's firing in all cylinders and I like how Joe Mazzulla seems to be the voice of command where that was a concern at the end of last year yeah and KJ I don't know how you felt going into the year but I felt a lot different and a lot better about the Celtics coming into the year but I think over the past two and a half weeks 
we've seen that elevate and come to fruition, right? You go the back new skin, to, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, because you go back to that five game homestand they had, where it was the Knicks, then two against Cleveland, two against Orlando. So they sweep that homestand. It's the first time since 2016 they sweep a homestand of five games or more. So obviously that's something a little bit different. But Tatum talked after the final game of that homestand that hey. You know, maybe last year we wouldn't have won all these games. We we would have stumbled against one of these guys. And you frankly, the NBA tournament for that schedule. But e- but even frankly, last year that did happen. Remember they lost back to back games against Orlando in yep. December. Remember they also lost those games to Cleveland early in the season. And those are the same types of games they lost in the playoffs. Right? Then they go on the road trip. They lose to Golden State, a game they probably should have won. But last year, they lost to Golden State in December on a uh, was it a Saturday night, and they right. lost four out of their next five. This year, they lose to Golden State, and they've won six in a row after that. And the other thing, too, KJ, which has really you know, stood out to me, they've been great in the third quarter over the last few weeks. And that's right. something that was a struggle last year, the year before. It was even kind of a struggle at times early this year. They were plus in the third quarter last night. They were positive in the third uh, third quarter throughout the rest of that West Coast road trip. They've been a really good third quarter. So, the, again, you mentioned, is it like the, they're shedding the skin and is it finally this new Celtics team? These are things they had issues with in years past, and it feels like they're not having those issues now. It feels good to see the Celtics shed this new year, new me skin before the new year comes. If you remember last season, they started having issues with Chicago and, and Cleveland, and you're like, okay, which team is going to show up? But now I think this team is here. This morning I was doing BetQL's uh, Daily Tip, the morning, the national morning show. I was asked, you know, I think what was posed to me, like, who do I believe will be in the NBA Finals? And I said, definitely the Celtics, because with Christoph Porzingis in there, this team looks like it's the difference between an A and an A+. Plus, right? Where last year you would see some of the things that would take that A and bring it down to an A-. minus. Maybe it was Marcus Smart taking too many shots. Maybe it wasn't getting enough off of the bench outside of Brogdon. Maybe you were having issues in the inside with Robert Williams with the limited minutes, but limited scoring as well. This feels more like an A+. If if there's a scene that plays in my head right now that's a statement about this Celtics team today, is LeBron James trying to go for a layup on Christmas Day and Porzingis just putting it back like it was a game of bitty basketball? It was something beautiful to see, and it's like, okay, there's the defensive statement that I thought the Celtics got away from a little bit last year. They were more, they were more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More incentivized, I think, to put a lot of points on the board and yeah. come off of the defense. And some of us were saying that maybe that was the effect of MA not being there. But I give Joe Mazzulla a lot of credit, brother. He was in the middle of a typhoon and a hurricane at the same time in terms of could he manage big-time young personalities and get them to commit to play defense. And I think with Porzingis and with Holiday there now, it's not a question at all. Yeah, and I, another piece of this, too. You mentioned that Christmas Day game against the Lakers, which was a really impressive win. But we all know that over the last few years, the Celtics would have won a game like that, and then they would have come home and lost to Detroit in their next game. Or the game, game go to you overtime, know? and it should have never done yeah, that like it did last year. Exactly, right? Or the game goes to overtime when it shouldn't. So instead, they come home, and they were down by 21 in the second quarter to Detroit. They battled back. They got the win. I thought that was... In a weird way, because I know Detroit, you know, is in the midst of was in the midst of that twenty eight game losing streak. They still had some real crunch time minutes where they had to execute, and they did. I mean, they outscored Detroit twenty to fourteen in overtime. You know, you had uh, what was it late in the game? 
Derek White hitting major shots, and then right. even the next night against Toronto. I mean, how about Jalen Brown's pass to Luke Cornett with 32 seconds left for an alley-oop dunk to take the lead? Like, even to me, that's not a pass Jalen Brown would have made last year. Brian Scalabrini said it on the broadcast. I had Keith Smith, who covers the NBA and the Celtics on WEI a couple days ago. He said the same thing. Like, Jalen Brown has taken a step forward, especially as a facilitator, and a big part of that, I think, is having Porzingis and Holiday there as well. Well, I did joke last week that, be careful, the Celtics could lose to Detroit because they did lose to them last year, and it became very close. And and again, I think, when you talk about Jalen Brown, th- there's a part of me that feels like he is auditioning for the rest of the league to prove that he's a team's number one. And I would not be mad if that's what he's doing because he's not taking away from the team right now. If we went into the season, you wondered, like, wow, with all these players out there, would Jalen Brown be kind of a forgotten guy with all this new... Well, he was going to have to be the guy that was going to have to sacrifice the most. Make the the biggest adjustments, right. Yeah, because Derek White was going to have a bigger role without Marcus Smart there. Drew Holiday is, you know, that point guard facilitator, you know, already won a championship. Tatum's going to be your first-team All-NBA MVP candidate no matter who else is there. And Porzingis is this unique player that you're going to use all over the place. So you put all that together, and the one guy who has to sacrifice the most is Jalen Brown. I mean, his scoring numbers are down. And I say they're down. He's averaging 22.5 a game. But they're you know a couple points down from last year. But I think he's been a much more effective player. I mean, he's 3.5 assists per game, but his offensive rating is 118. I mentioned that one pass to Cornette. It feels like he's been able to do that with the Celtics well, bigs well, all year. Well, here's a better way to look at it, right? It, you didn't expect Derek White to be such an offensive threat this year. And because of that, it hasn't put the burden on Jalen Brown sure. to be in a, to be uh, over aggressive when he doesn't need to be over aggressive. Jalen Brown probably feels like he could play a lot looser with the bigs, pick and roll, alley oops, and so forth. Where because he knows that Derek White can hit an outside shot. So if you're collapsing defenses on on uh, you're collapsing defense on on, on Jalen Brown coming to the paint, you now feel confident that you can't leave Derek White in the corner by himself unless you don't want to see him put that arm up in the new bald head for the three. Yeah, you so, know Derek White actually yeah. has the highest offensive rating on the Celtics? Well, that's because... But because you're right, I mean, to, to your it, point. I, yeah. I, think, I think defenses are going to have to adjust. And if you told me that, hey, going into the new part of the... into the second half of the season, that defenses would how now, now have to concentrate on stopping Derek White, I say that would leave a lot of room for Jalen Brown to really thrive, right? Because now... There's a clear third option that isn't going to disappoint you where that third option last year was Marcus Smart. And you say, hey, you know what? Through war of attrition, I would rather leave him open because he's going to take the shots that I think kind of feel his desire more than what's needed on the court. So people are playing their roles and playing them effectively. But again, I'm not saying that Jalen Brown is trying to set himself up to lead. But I think but I think he's because if you're averaging 22 a game, and you could get to somewhere where you're averaging 22, say, 22, 6, and 5. You're on your way to the Hall of Fame, brother. So I think he's putting him in, a, in an advantageous situation by providing all he can and filling in those, those, those little holes that the team needs while other teams are saying, we'll be willing to give up potentially another superstar for Jalen Brown and take his, his his max deal, which will be a comfortable one as a couple of years go by. So I think Jalen Brown is setting up himself for a win-win, especially if he wins a title. 
He wins if he wins a title. He wins if he becomes a number one somewhere else as well. Yeah, and I think, like, I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but you're right. Like, he's setting himself up that if in a few years he did, I mean, he's going to be in great shape to be able to go wherever he wants, and the Celtics would get a great return. But I think the Celtics' vision in this, to me, If the Celtics is, got a great offer for Jalen Brown, do you take it? It'd be it'd be an extremely small group of players that I would take for, Jaylen but it could Brown. be one. Of, let, let's just like say. is it Nikola Jokic? Is it Giannis? Like that's what I'm. Is talking it about. Anthony Davis? I wouldn't do Anthony Davis. Health scare. I love AD the player, but his health scares me. And now I'm you just have throwing big, names out there. Sure, I'm not but saying, you have right. a big, and I think the Porzingis factor is huge here too. Like I, right. I look at Porzingis, you know, it just Christmas Day. He was two of eight from three, but still still scored twenty eight points and had eleven rebounds. So this is a guy that can hit shots on the outside, which stretches out defenses. But when those shots shots, excuse me, aren't Anthony falling, Edwards unhappy in Minnesota. Yeah, even when those shots aren't falling for Porzingis, he can still score inside the paint, which is again something they really haven't had. And I think having him makes your need for bigs up front a lot less. Like I still think their biggest need is a backup big, and I know Cornette's played well, you know, as of late. But you, you know, your need in the past was you needed more scoring from Marcus Smart's position and from your center position because Smart was such an inconsistent shooter and Robert Williams was a lob threat, but that was about it. Now, inside, you're getting scoring everywhere from Porzingis, and outside, you have Holiday and White who are giving you a ton of scoring from there as well. Yeah, I think the Celtics just need an enforcer. It's KJ and Lions, WEEI, in for Gresham Fourier. Happy New Year's Day to you. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We're about 13 minutes away from the lion's den. So looking around the, the the landscape of the NBA, of course the Celtics are at the top of the East. Milwaukee's right behind them. I think Philly's a great concern because they still have the flexibility to try and go get somebody before the trade deadline that could be a super impactful player, and it's going to be built to 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 combat the Celtics just because – they never really got anything in return for James Harden. I think Philly right now is the second best team in the East and the biggest yeah. threat to the Celtics. I mean, you look at their offensive and defensive ratings are both top two. Their net rating is number one in the NBA. They're starting fives plus minus number one in the NBA. I mean, Tyrese Maxey looks like a legit superstar in the making. And Bede's coming off an MVP year and he looks great once again this year. I mean, it's true, you know, the, the cliche addition by subtraction, but it really feels like ever since they moved on from Harden and they made Maxi an even bigger part of this offense, they've gone to another level. And I, look, I still think the Celtics are better than them, but yeah. I think Philly is much more of a threat to them than Milwaukee is, even with Dame Lillard there. Yeah, I just don't know what that piece would be. If the Clippers weren't getting it together, I would say maybe there's a Paul George play in there, maybe to get to the 76ers, because I think Embiid needs. Like, what he had in James Harden was the right idea, but the wrong person last year. Yeah, that's I, fair. You yeah. know, like if, if, like, if they had Kawhi Leonard there with him, I think, I think they advance, right? Because you just need someone who has that mental toughness down the road who can give you buckets and can give you great defense. Yeah. But I don't think they break up the Clippers for that. Um, so I would say probably Celtics won, Milwaukee. I would still put Milwaukee at two just because they have enough bodies to run at Embiid to frustrate them, frustrate them. Like if if it gets down to say the Celtics are one, Milwaukee's two, Phillies three. Let's put uh, one of these newer teams, Orlando, maybe even Miami at four. Well, that'd be a problem just to have Miami at four. But I think if you're the Celtics, more so than in previous years, the number one seed is actually pretty important because even yes. though the Celtics, I think, are better than they were a year ago. 
you don't want to have to play Milwaukee and Philly in back-to-back rounds, right? If you're the two right. seed, so you want them to play each other in round two, and then you know whoever advances. I think it'll be Philly. You think it'll be Milwaukee, but whoever advances, you see that team coming off a tough series in the conference finals. And of course, look, Miami is always going to scare me because they have Jimmy Butler and Spolstra and that Heat culture. But they also have some assets that maybe if they want to make some sort of move this year, they can. And look, I know Orlando's this young team on the come up. Don't sleep on Orlando giving the Celtics a really hard time in the play. I think the Celtics would beat them. And I think it'd be a you know one of those series where it's five or six games, but every game in the series except maybe one is really close and down to the wire. I think Orlando's legit. Now, looking at the West, you mentioned don't sleep on one of the young teams like Orlando. Do not sleep on Oklahoma City, who's sitting right now in the four spot in the West. And I think the match that they have with the Celtics is going to be such a great game to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun because I think you're seeing the immediate future versus the upcoming future. The Celtics in Oklahoma City could be a preview of an NBA Finals in two or three years. Yeah, just a quick note there, KJ. OKC is actually second in the West at 22. So they've moved up. Yeah, after last, they won last night, so they're 22 uh, and nine right now, second in the West. And this Behind is a Minnesota, team. Yeah. yeah, and this is a team like it's amazing to me because like Shy Gilders Alexander, he's averaging thirty-one points a game, third in the NBA. He is a legit superstar now. Chet Holmgren looks like a legit NBA defender. He's been good, and they still have it. Feels like five thousand first-round picks in the next right. ten years. I mean, they have so many assets, even from that. Kawhi Paul George situation where Kawhi was only going to go to the Clippers if they traded for Paul George, so they gave up a bunch of assets for Paul George. Like they still, and they have all these other first round picks. So anything they want to do, really in the next four or five years, any move they want to make, they're going to have a bunch of money to spend, and they're going to have more draft capital than anyone else in the NBA to use them in Utah. They can make any move they want in the next four or five years. And the way I look at Oklahoma City, first of all, I think this game against the Celtics, and we can dive into it a little bit, is going to be an awesome, awesome basketball game. But if you're in the West, you better think, I want to win a title now because in a few years, Oklahoma City is going to be the t- – like if you're Denver, if you're the Clippers, if you're Phoenix, you want to be thinking, hey, we want to win a title you know, in 2024 or 2025 because once OKC gets over that hump and is in the Western Conference Finals, they're going to be the top dog in the West for a while. Oklahoma City reminds me uh, very similar of the situation of when Shaq came to Orlando years ago, that the East was aging. You had you had here at the Celtics, they were aging. Uh, Indy was aging as Reggie Miller was starting to become like the leader as some of the other guys were peeling off. The Bulls were starting to... Uh, uh, they were making. They were about to make their run, but the, the there was this infusion of young guys that were getting it done. And I look at the West with Oklahoma City, all the other teams, Golden State's aging, the Lakers are aged, Phoenix. You'd have to say that's an aged it's team still an as old well. Te- right, they're new it's, together, but they're right, all older. even the Clippers are, are an aged team, and that's why you're seeing like a Minnesota lead the divi- lead the conference, and as well as Oklahoma City being right there at number two. That if they can keep those pieces, and I think that's the key thing, and this was also the story in Orlando as well, if they can keep their key core together and not trade them off for other superstars, if SGA is not disgruntled and wants to go to a big city team, they keep those guys together. They can rectify what didn't happen with Harden, with KD, and with Russell Westbrook in its earlier years 
where those guys all wanted to get out of KC because they were these these burgeoning superstars when they stepped into the NBA. Really kind of mine is hard, right? To imagine that James Harden at the time was the sixth man coming off of the bench for that team just reminds you just of how good they were. So I think they're able, they're going to be able to recapture that glory and be able to have the, the business acumen and sense to say, hey, you can stay in Oklahoma City and win these titles. Look at Denver. They're not a big market team. Look at Milwaukee. They're not a big market team. So you can win titles and be successful and still be – you just have to be in the NBA. So that's why I think this Oklahoma City Celtics game will be one of those to remember as we get a couple years down the road where the Celtics – are the prime of their live team, and Oklahoma City is the wild child that's now just wowing people in the West as it continues to age. Yeah, and I think, and you mentioned that the West is aging. It's in a really interesting spot with Minnesota, young team as the one seed right now. We talked about yeah. OKC. Denver's coming off a title. Sacramento, I think, has some really good pieces there. So if you're the Celtics, too, I know we're mostly worried about the East, but there are some teams on the come up out West that you need to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. Whenever you have an opportunity to win a championship, you do, because I think the road is going to be maybe a little bit different than the last five years when they were getting to Eastern Conference Finals, getting close, mm. but it's going to be just as difficult, whether it's you know Milwaukee or the ascendance of Tyrese Maxey in Philly or Orlando on the come-up. And, you know, look, Indiana's the seventh seed right now, but Tyrese Halliburton looks like a legit star. They can keep building based on that. And we just talked about the teams out west. I mean, it's a spot where I think the NBA over the next four or five years is going to be really as even as it's been in the last 15, right? There's not going to be that LeBron Heat team that was better than everyone in the East or that Golden State team that was better than everyone in the West. Like, they're still going to be top dogs, but I think it's going to be closer now in the rest of the standings than maybe it's been over the past 10 to 15 years. Imagine if Tyrese Halliburton was still in Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a sick thought right in itself. Happy New Year's Day to you and a happy 2024 for us here at WEEI. It's KJ and Lions in for Gresham Key. I'm, I'm sorry, in for Gresham for you. Gosh, did I go back a couple years there? I, I just, I did that. Um, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Next, the Lions Den on WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hi. KJ and Lions on WEEI. Happy New Year from KJ and Lines and WEEI. Thank you so much for being here, and we're in for Gresham Fourier. They'll be back tomorrow to kick off your New Year. Um, John, for New Year's Day, 
do you do like any special meal? I've, I've heard something pretty interesting just in the last couple of days. I didn't try it last night just because it wasn't in the refrigerator and I wasn't trying to run out and go get it. But is there any like, do you do like a special meal on Valentine? I mean, on uh, on uh, New Year's Day? No, not particularly. Kind of usually I'll do something that whatever it is. I am not cooking. So either we're ordering food or if my wife wants to cook, that's fine. But my my only thing is, is I do not want to do any cooking on New Year's Eve, really, or New Year's Day. Yeah, I think it's cool when you get to have, if you have a family get together. I know uh, it, sometimes it's like, you know, like you have collard greens for money and black eyed peas for good luck and everything. Yeah, I'm with you. Either I'm ordering something and who's open. That's That's part of it, right? Or two... What's left in the refrigerator, right? Like, what do we, you know, like, maybe we'd have thought, like, on the 30th to make something that's big enough to eat for the next couple of days so that way no one has to cook. So I, I look forward to the big meal that I have. Look, I've been on the air since 6 o'clock this morning between National and now here, and let me tell you, I'm surprised that it's noon. It, it feels like it's 9 o'clock in the evening. But yeah, you I need cannot, a nap, I think, after uh, No, show. I need to eat. You know, you, you ever get so hungry? That you're like, or or and you're sleepy at the same time. You're like, should I eat or should I sleep? Yep. And a doctor would probably tell you, well, you should probably just go ahead and go to sleep and eat when you wake up. You're like, shut up, doc. I don't want to hear that whole thing about laying down after I eat. I I just think it's going to be one of those things. Like I'm going to eat and then I'm going to make sure I'm in a seat that's sitting up. I've already told my wife, like, let's probably take a couple of cars to go see family. You know, so because <laughs> yeah. I I'm going to want to dip off and watch some games by myself. You know, undisturbed, especially once the five o'clock games hit. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. But once that college football playoff hits, too, then to me, it's not about New Year's Day anymore. It's just yeah. about serious business, which is the college football playoff. Three seven ninety three seven text line, Nico. What you got? All right. So our first texter here says the Celtics own the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Philly is mentally broken against Boston. Yeah, with James Harden in there. Yeah, and there but- is something to that, but. They're but just a I, different team, it looks like now. But Tyrese Maxey, I think, is going to be the the wild card in all of this. If he Think about it. If Tyrese, if Tyrese Maxey was able to do what James Harden wasn't able to do in last year's playoff situation, and those are his, that's his responsibility, it could be a problem. Where I, where I think Philly kind of suffers is once you start getting down their bench. Once you start having, you know, to figure out who's going to be the third option, does Tobias Harris show up? You know, he tends to get missing sometimes. Where the Celtics, look, let's just call it what it is. Their pieces in addition of 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 both Holiday and Porzingis, it, this makes it a total different conversation than last year. So I wouldn't say, hey, they own the Sixers. I think they're just better prepared to not even make the Sixers relevant this year. Yeah, I think, and the other piece of it is I think a 76ers-Celtics matchup would be a huge Jalen Brown matchup because Tatum and Embiid I think could kind of even each other out production wise I would say the same about Porzingis and Maxie like those four guys will kind of be a wash it's Derek White Jalen Brown and like to me that's the separator in the Celtics and especially I would put Brown at the top of that list right if you told me Jalen Brown is your third option versus Philly's third option you're talking about a second team all NBA player all right uh one more text what you got Nico all right, our next texter says, what is the fascination with getting rid of Jalen Brown? I'm not saying there's a fascination of getting rid of Jalen Brown. I'm just saying if you see value and you believe that you can be someone else's number one, why would you not why would you not go after that? Like, I mean, look, I love the team just as much as you love the team, but we don't own the team. 
And keep in mind, it would be a conversation that they would have upstairs because at some point you're going to say, this is Jason Tatum's team, period. There's no second. It's going to be at some point it's going to be Jason Tatum in the pips. I think they can make it work. I mean, we just saw it work for 10 years with Curry and Thompson and Green and Golden State. Like they can make they're built different. They they can make that. They can make it work, though, I, I think, with multiple stars like that for the long term. Yeah, but neither one of like did I mean Curry got his max did 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 Thompson collected? got huge money yeah I think okay. yeah, I think he got a max okay so, or close and to Draymond it. got close to yeah right and and those guys were like, Draymond's what a second round guy that they got second yep. or, you know, second Clay, round Clay I think was I don't know if he a was late like first or ten they were like in the ten to fifteen range draft pick right. wise Curry might have been ninth right so yeah there's some similarities there and yeah it could work but. I just don't know if ultimately, I mean, because you just have to look at the things that Jalen Brown has put on paper and what he's accomplished, what he wants to accomplish off the court. That could factor in, like the cooperation level could factor in his decision of whether he wants to stay or not. How about I'm giving you a little inner thought there versus not getting rid of Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown not being able to fully accomplish his goals in greater Boston. All right. Uh, we got to talk college football playoff here. That's coming today. I can't wait for those games. That's coming in about seven minutes. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. It's time for... See the one about lions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is time for the Lions Den on New Year's Day in Rome. Boy, they'd have plenty of them lined up ready for it. But today, we've got something for you. All right, John, will the Celtics roar in OKC tomorrow night against the Western Conference number 2 seed Thunder? Yes, I think they will. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, a great matchup. And like you said earlier, maybe a preview of an NBA Finals in a year or two. Yeah, I like where you're going with this. I agree they will roar in OKC. I think I think what's good for the Celtics is this used to be a rest game when they were on the road. Now this is one of those games where you want to kind of kill it before it grows, just kind of give them a little statement, a little taste to say you're not ready to be at the big people's table, but we respect what you're doing. That's why I think it'll be a great game. All right, next, will the Patriots roar in what might be Belichick's final week, John? Yes, I think they will. I think they're going to beat the Jets. I think they're going to play really well and end the season and potentially Belichick's tenure in New England on a high note. I'm with you, but I know there's a lot of people who don't want to see the Patriots roar because that means five wins and a lot of questionable things. So it'd be interesting to see how things play out. It was a few weeks ago I said, look, once Bailey Zappi got in there, if the Patriots won two out of their last three games, that's not a conversation we've had about this team all season. Okay, especially when you're winning a fifth game. How do you win two out of three when you've only won four or three at that point? So, yeah, I think the Patriots roar in Jets week. I don't know if it's Bill's final week. So, roaring this week, I don't believe it's Belichick's final week. All right, college football preview. Today, it's going to be a great game. John, will Texas roar against Washington? I think they will. And I know we're going to get into this a lot next segment, but I think they do. Ah, surprise, surprise. I have Washington winning straight up on the money line. I think Washington will outduel Texas. I think it really comes down to a shootout. And if it's a shootout, then I think Michael Penix Jr. offers more than what Quinn Earls is going to do with the arm. There's a bonus question, and I, I have to ask this, John. Okay, here's the bonus that John has provided for the Lions' den. 
Will KJ roar in 2024? See, KJ, that's a rhetorical question in the Lions. That's your we all know that you I'm are already going to. roaring. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's my three-year anniversary at WEEI. Today? On, no, on oh. January 13th. So three years in sports talk. Look, humble brag, I'm one of the few talents in America that's been in five different formats, all in major markets, each a face. GFY. That's the Lions Den. The third hour of KJ Lions in progression. 4A here on WEEI. Happy New Year's Day. (laughs) (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 